away. Better than most. Better than most. Critical takeoff. He falls into the pit. He's going to get spat out. Please make welcome the Ball and All podcast, James Tiger Woods, Beric Eckerbarts, and the king of speaking in the third person, Steve Condor Condo Condon. Okay, we are back. It's Monday, and that uh, that means it's Monday's experts because we aren't fucking experts, Jared. Holy dooly, there's plenty going on in NRL. It's the, I don't know, it's the gift that just keeps giving. How are you, downtown Brizzy? Yeah, downtown Brizzy, very good. You're uh, an expert. Yeah. You got another one up. Well, all I want to know is uh, that Woody dined out on Chinese, and that you dined out on Chinese, and a few others did. Uh, Yes, I certainly did. So that was nice. We found that one. No, that we did. I, uh, I actually, on that point, Jared, I a uh, uh, bit of a shout out to Jaya Wisemanel, Scotty Wisemanel's uh, second eldest daughter. We took her out to Chinese because Jared, one of your old haunts, she was named school captain of Woodlawn. Is that right? That wow. is right. Yeah. So fantastic. Isn't that outstanding. She's an outstanding, outstanding. Um, Outstanding young lady and uh, very, very close friend of uh, friend of ours. And uh, we were going to shout Chinese, but um, and we did, but it, that uh, that bet helped, Jared. Well, that's wonderful news, and that's uh, fantastic for Wisey. He'd be a very proud dad. And um, there you go, Stephen. Um, back in uh, gee, it must have been the late forties or fifties when I was last at Woodlawn. Um, <laughs> It was, uh, it was an all-male school, so uh, it certainly changed. No, it certainly changed. So let's get into the tipping comp. Um, it's hotting up, Jared. We are down to the last round, and lo and behold, we've got Greg Murdoch and Kiwi Doc on 154 level. And then next is Carlos on 150. So he's not going to win. It's going to come down to Greg Murdoch and Kiwi Doc. Now, wow. down to the last round. Down to the last round. What do we do if it's even? Um, well, it's, it's, I'm going to let the Matrix make the decision. I know what I'd do, but what do you think we well, do? May, maybe you and I might have to have a little talk about that in, over the next couple of days. I, I suggest that um, uh, do you bring it down to the final margin on, on the game that they have to tip as the first game, whoever's closest to the pin? You know what? I think we have to uh, revert back and we'll announce it on Thursday. What do you reckon? Yep. We need to have a real yep. good think about this one because there is $2,000 
um, ready to be won by whoever the winner is. Well, it'll be very interesting if um, if anybody wants to either play safe or take a risk. And oh, you got to take a um, risk. It's it's winner takes all. There's no second well, prize. Well, two grand. Yeah, two grand, absolutely. And uh, listen, I mean, uh, you'd you'd know the lotto numbers if you knew that the Eels were going to whack the Panthers thirty-two eighteen out at Penrith Park, and uh, no Moses and a number of other outs. So. Um, I don't know whether either of them found the eels, but certainly I didn't, and I don't think anybody else did. And I think the pick the margins paid something like eighty-eight thousand because to kick the round off, you had the eels thirteen plus as despised twenty-two point underdogs. So no wonder it paid eighty-eight thousand. And I think there might have only been one live ticket or a whole range of small percentages um so yeah there you go well before we get into the round and you've touched on the uh, the panthers and uh, a really good upset for the eels they're done now the eels are done for the season they've got the buy in the last round um lots going on in the nrl in the last week and uh it just is getting pretty messy and somewhat ugly at the rabbitos unfortunately they didn't have the chance to play on the weekend They've got another four or five days uh, to play until they play Friday night against their arch rivals, the Roosters. Um, I don't know. Can it get any worse at the Rabbitohs? Um, they've always been pretty good at handling things internally, but it's really got out of hand. Yeah, it has, and really disappointing what we saw over the last couple of days. And the Churchill family were in, involved, um, if not set that fire alight themselves. Um, certainly uh, the inference from Andrew Webster this afternoon and a couple of others in the media is that uh, Rod chose to share that text message last week on the back of what was unfolding at South, um, added a little extra spice to it and sent it on um, and then somebody that received it because clearly it was sent to quite a number of people has then shared it with the media and then it's just all imploded and um, yeah, it's certainly distasteful and certainly should have remained between the two people that um, had uh, that conversation by text message. But, yeah, it, it doesn't put a good light on things, adds a little bit more focus and pressure. And um, I think uh, I think my expectation is that South respond this week. I think that they'll batten down the hatches. They've got a lot to play for. They're against their arch rival. Backs against the wall. Um, they've got to come out and get a job done. Roosters are going to be in a little bit of trouble because they lose Hargraves, uh, but it would appear that they'll name but probably play without Manu. So there's two of their key players. Um, they'll get Tedesco back. Question mark on Walker because he had a HIA from the weekend. Uh, but they're certainly playing for their life as uh, the Rabbits. There's so many different implications around the games into this weekend, which we'll touch on as we go through it. But, um, yes, a lot going on at... Um, Rabbitoh Town. Do, um, have they made the right call in your opinion? Does Demetrio survive if they don't make the eight and, and they sort of start next year poorly? I know they keep saying that there's a contract that has been agreed to and it's ready to be signed or it, it, it may well have been signed in the background for Demetrio for an extension of three years. Does this cloud that somewhat, the way this has all been handled? Well, I believe it was signed in the middle of the year, so in June. So it's signed and put to bed. 
And I think that then forces the hand. He's under contract for the next three years. Right. Uh, I'm sure that then led to some of what unfolded last week because they were boxed into a corner that they had to back the coach. They'd already re-signed him and extended him. So then, then it was a matter of whether they could try and patch up the pieces in the background with Sam Burgess and um, a few of the other uh, bits and pieces. Um, and part of that would have been led by Demetrio uh, standing his ground and saying, well, you know, I'm the coach. I expect to be backed in. Um, he clearly spoke his views about being disappointed about some of uh, what had unfolded, how much of that he was at fault. I guess there's two sides to all of those stories. Um, but certainly, you know, there's some question marks about um, his relationship with Sam and, and um, you know, maybe his management of some of those senior players. But as you touched on last week, all of this comes out when you're losing. Mm. Um, you know, sores fester away when you're losing and um, they've decided to back him in. So uh, put your management hat on, Jared. You're Blake Solly for five minutes anyway. Um, how would you now be handling this in the next uh, with the Rod uh, Churchill fallout and, you know, getting very personal about um, Luttrell and I suppose that's the first question. Secondly, how do you think the NRL should handle it? I, I'm sort of – I'm definitely in the Andrew Webster camp. I, I don't – after reading that article today, I think he makes some really, really good valid um, points. Yes, I think so. And from what I understand um – between South and the NRL today and then Rod Churchill, it's been resolved that uh, he won't do the presentation at the grand final. Oh, uh, he's put out a very sombre um, apology, um, apologised for his actions, what he's done, um, except, and, and put his hand up to say he won't be... Um, presenting the award at grand final day and I would suggest that that will be carried forward into future years and that they will probably follow the AFL model in getting past winners of that award to then become those that are handed over and I think that that's the right part. Yeah, so I, I agree I think that. I, I think they've probably uh, resolved all of that in the background. Um, yeah, in fairness to Demetrio, he's in a very difficult position in the last 12 months in that He's at a club that's um, predominantly owned by a very big uh, personality in Russell Crowe. Uh, as I understand it, Russell Crowe was adamant that he wanted Sam Burgess back at the club late last year and he wanted him on the coaching staff. So I don't know that Paul Coach actually had a lot of say in that. It was almost forced upon him. Um, so they're in yeah, stark well, problems. Was, that was when Bennett came sort of searching for him, that they had to make a call, wasn't it, really? Yeah, that's right. That's right. But, you know, they already had a settled coaching staff. Mm. And so Demetrio was basically told, um, you know, Russell insists that we go after Sam, that Sam's going to be here and Sam's going to be a part of your coaching staff. Now, I'm sure they probably had a good working relationship, but it's not always easy when you then know that you've got two alpha males in the room and mm. clearly that's then caused problems that have unfolded to where they are now. But they've got a lot to do to patch this up and move forward. And it starts this week. They've got to win. They've got to win to make sure they're in the semifinals. They've got to win to clear the dust off all of this, refocus all of the conversation around the fact that they played well, that they beat their arch rival, 
that their supporters are singing the song and that they're marching into the semi-finals. And, you know, that will clear many of these ills. Okay, well, let's move on to last Friday night's game. The Red V, the Dragons, put in a very gutsy display against the Warriors. Uh, Warriors at home, 18-6. We're hearing they're going to rest a lot of players this week, Jared. Well, I'm... I mentioned last week, I just worried about the Warriors and I didn't want to touch that game because of the long line. They didn't cover it. My concern's been that the Warriors just haven't been at the level they were six or seven weeks ago. Uh, Again, you know, only ended up and it was late with a 12-point margin. They've come out of it with a couple of key injuries. You know, Metcalf, Torfu, Harris. Um, I would suggest into this week that they will probably uh, be resting quite a number of people. Uh, and have themselves ready for the week after. So other than that, not a lot to uh, see in the game. We've touched on again over the last couple of weeks. I think the Dragons have done very well. Ryan Carr's had them competitive in key games. You know, their travel record's poor. They had a whole heap of outs. Yet they were neck and neck in that game until the last 20 minutes. Mm, I think there's good signs there. There's good green shoots there for the Dragons. The Warriors... I don't know. We mentioned that. I, I touched on it last week, Jared. I, I think Webster's probably got some tricks up his sleeve, but they they still look like they're limping into the semis for me. I think they are. Yeah, I'm concerned that they backdoor. They might end up in the top four, but... They might do a crown uh, and then, Yeah, and then run the risk of um, losing two weeks in a row. Now, if they lose week one, they'll get a home semi. Well, lose or win week one, they get a home semi for either week two or week three. Uh, that will be enormous, but certainly if they lose week one, they'll be under a lot of pressure in that second week to, because it's clearly sudden death. Okay, so Friday night, the second game, uh, the Dolphins, you know, they're hanging in there. They've only got another week in their first year to hang in there. It's been a very spirited effort by Wayne Bennett's boys this year. They went down to uh, the Cowboys 34-10. I think really the talking point here is do the Cowboys have enough uh, enthusiasm, you know, attitude, uh, can they get up to beat the Panthers next week? Well, the right people were good for them. Their spine were good. Their key halves, um, a couple of their back rowers also played very well against me, the opponent. So I just don't want to read too much into that game. I, I've got a major question mark about them into the next couple of weeks. Um, they've got to go to Penrith this week and play the Panthers, but the Panthers may well end up resting quite a few. Good point. It's a, a make or break for the Cowboys. They have to win. Should they win, then they're in the semifinals. I just think they might well be on their last leg. So, so I don't think there's a lot to take out of that game. The Cowboys got the job done, covered the line, um, came up with 34 points, probably picked up a little bit of confidence, but the next couple of weeks are going to be very telling for them. So the Cowboys, if the Cowboys pull off an upset against the Panthers, they're in? So they're setting. Yes. Uh, oh well. Yeah. No. Yeah, well, the rabbitos. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we've got the machinations around whether the the sharks or the raiders. You know, if the raiders are able to upset there, whether the night. What we do know is that um, the knights are certainly guaranteed a spot, and the sharks are guaranteed a spot in those bottom four. So then we have um, the raiders, uh, the roosters, the rabbits all playing off, and the Cowboys, who, who ends up in, in finishing in the other two spots, vacant, in the bottom of the eight. Yeah, OK. Um, Saturday afternoon, the first game, uh, 37-16, convincing winners at home. 
the storm over the Titans, comeback of Ryan Pappenhausen. Um, we've waxed lyrical about this. Uh, it's been a long time coming, played the last 20 minutes. Um, the ovation for when he took the field was ridiculous. Um, it was really good to see. He didn't have to do too much or he didn't really do, do much in the last 20, which was really just stay healthy. Uh, be very interesting to see how that plays out, where he's used, but they were pretty good at home. Yeah, they were. Um, the good news was that they covered the line, which was the best bet of the week. So oh, not I only was waiting, Jared. I was waiting. I didn't want to. I didn't want to tempt you. Well, that, I was that... really concerned because it ended up getting the twenty-one points. I mean, I I took the bet at eight and a half. Most of the market was somewhere around twenty when we did the podcast. Um, I'll give credit to the Titans. I thought they actually rolled their sleeves up and and went neck and neck in this game for the first fifty minutes. It wasn't really until into that second half where the storm uh, started to take the advantage. I thought they used the football very well. Uh, they've got a little bit of depth at the moment, which is an advantage. Uh, they'll rest Hughes this week because he's picked up a little bit of an injury. Um, some doubt about whether Harry Grant plays. The key question here is that the storm and the Broncos will end up playing each other um, in what now will be a dead rubber game. I mean, you know, do the do the Broncos want to play for the minor premiership? We'll wait and see what sort of team they name on Tuesday. Similarly for the Storm, they have this outstanding long-term record over Jared, 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 hold it. Don't bring out the stats till Thursday. I know. No, no, no. Okay. Yep, so it's amazing. But but the Storm can't improve. So they're already guaranteed a top-four spot. Uh, Now, they've gone into camp today on the Sunshine Coast for all week. Um does Bellamy decide to rest a few, bring Pappenhausen back at fullback, move Meany into the halves? I think that that's probably where they're headed. Yep. Um, and does he rest a couple of other guys and then go full tilt the following week? Very interesting. Uh, again, we didn't really have to watch uh, Rooster. Well, I suppose unless you want to watch bloody JWH get suspended. 32-8, Roosters over the Tigers. Um Rooster's done and dusted. They've got one more game until Benji's got them for the full off-season. Uh, Walker back at halfback was good. Um, yeah, he was good. Hargraves just amazes me with his head snaps, his brain snaps. He just, I don't know, he's probably now going to potentially miss the rest of this this season of what they've got left and maybe a few games into next year. Oh, he's definitely out for the rest of this season. There's no doubt he's taken an early plea on one of the charges today. So that wipes him out for three games. So it's good night, nurse, for him. He's now going to contest the second charge, see if he can get a downgrade to a fine. So we'll wait and see what unfolds with that this week. Because if the Roosters were to win this week, that means that that's at least two games that come off his suspension. He's then potentially got at least two games for New Zealand in the off-season. So all of a sudden that wipes out um, three or four games if that's what he ends up getting. I don't think there's a lot to see here. Game was competitive till half time. The Tigers fell away. Roosters got the job done, um, but there wasn't a lot of depth to that. The big test for them is this week. Uh, Jackie Boy's last game, Jared Croker's last game down in uh, Raider territory at home. Uh, the Raiders were in it um, for quite a long way against the uh, the Broncos. Twenty nine eighteen. The Broncos get the win. Um, we got Sookie Bub on the sideline telling everyone to fuck off, and then his press conference where he lit the joint up again. He's in good form, Jared, old uh, Ricky. Oh, he's a master of deflection. I mean, realistically, if you actually go back through this game and watch where the the, um, Broncos ripped them open 
and scored, th- I think, three, if not four of their tries, were all on the Broncos' right edge, which is where Stewart completely got wrong uh, his line-up at, uh, on his outside three players. Um, they just got pulled apart defensively. It was like a walk-through. Um, all of the discussion afterwards should, should have been about some really poor coaching, some really poor list management, and a debacle that ended up being the game and not all the deflection around the refereeing or all the other rubbish that he went on with. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, the, the Raiders won by a, a you know, forward pass try against the West Tigers. Did Ricky go off about oh, that what about the What about the game against the Dragons? Ridiculous. Anyway. The steal. The um, I mean, the Bron- more, more to the point, the Broncos are going to we, – we don't want to talk about the Raiders. Ricky gives us a shit. Uh, the Broncos, um, they're, they're playing for a minor premiership. Is Kevy going to put his best side out there apart from the ones that can't play, like Adam Reynolds and probably uh, Patrick Carrigan? Or is he going to rest, you know, a mountain of players? Well, he, he keeps saying in the media as late as uh, last weekend that uh, he won't be resting many players. So clearly uh, Reynolds won't. But Reynolds, I believe, was reasonably free at training today for the Broncos. Okay. Uh, Carrigan probably won't play. But again, I believe there's no doubt about him being right for week one. Apparently Walsh was uh, absolutely at his best at training today and kicked a 45-metre field goal from uh, the sideline. So there's absolutely no issue with his um, little limp around at the end of the game. Were you sitting? Um, were you sitting in the stands at Red Hill at lunchtime watching Jarrett? Uh, I just happened to get the right mail on occasion, Stephen. You, so had, you had your drone I, up. <laughs> I had the drone up. Yes, yes had the drone up. And um, remember the old days when Jack Gibson and Warren Ryan they used to blow up when people had come and film their sessions. Oh, Warren Ryan was the best, wasn't he? If anybody was sitting in the stands or walked through the gate and he couldn't recognise them, he just uh, blew up deluxe. Uh, yeah, very interesting. I mean, the Broncos actually train in uh, complete open field and uh, everything is disclosed and very transparent there. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm sure he probably does rest a few key people this week. I, I might be surprised if Haas plays. Um, anyway, um, the, the Broncos have got bigger fish to fry in the coming weeks, but I do think that the minor premiership is up for grabs. Um, and then, you know, we, we come back to the Panthers. The key watch there will be that the Broncos play Thursday night. Should they win, um, it then uh, puts the minor premiership out of reach for the Panthers. Um, and I think that that has a flow-on effect oh, of whether yeah. and point. how many of the Panthers actually rest. Good point. They might roll out their full reserve grade side if that was the case. Yep. Yep. Okay, uh, we, next Sunday afternoon, 24, uh, Bulldogs, uh, 42, Sea Eagles. Uh, the only thing really to talk about there is just how disappointing the Bulldogs continue to be. Um, no need to talk about it anymore. We'll come back to the Bulldogs at the start of 2024 season. Knights, 32, yeah. beat the Sharks, 6. Now, this was an absolute ball terror. Yeah, it was. Uh, after we spoke on Thursday, we then got the late news that Nico Hines was announced. Hastings didn't play. Knights ended up with uh, Fitzgibbon and Mann not playing. Um, good game through to half time when it was close. Really good all. game. Uh, I thought the Sharks really had a crack in that first 30 to 35 minutes. Uh, really took it to the Knights. Uh, a little unlucky not to come up with a second try. Could well have led uh, 12 6 at half time. 
I, I just thought the Knights got stronger as the game went on and uh, the Sharks couldn't go with them. And, and then we had the, you know, what, 15 or so minutes of Carlin Ponga magic. Um, absolutely put his impression on the game. He was outstanding. And then came up with that hit uh, on his shoulder. So there's now some doubt about his right shoulder, whether it's uh, an AC joint or whether there might be a broken bone in his collarbone. The club's coming up today to say that it's AC. Uh, depending on how severe it may be, if it is AC, and I'll suggest that that's an if, we don't know, that can be needled up and he can, be, and he can then play in weeks to come. If it's a broken bo- bone in the collarbone, uh, clearly he would be done for the season. Now, I think they're keeping a bit harsh and a bit quiet about all of that. They've had scans already today. There's probably going to be more work on it in the coming days. He won't play this week. I'm sure they rest Hastings. I'm sure they rest Fitzgibbon, possibly Mann, um, and they may well rest one or two other forwards. So certainly the Knights are going to go around a little bit more uh, depleted when they play the Dragons this week. That market has just completely gone 360. The Knights were favourites going into yesterday after the game and then into the day. It's completely flipped. That We've got now the Dragons at minus three and a half favourites, would you believe? Dragons are favourites. <laughs> Up. Clearly, that's clearly that's on the back of the, of the facts that the Knights can't lose a spot. Yeah, uh, and so you know O'Brien needs to look after um, his playing group. Outstanding scenes there, full house. It was just red and blue everywhere. We had all the old boys. Don't know if you've seen the vision, but there's a great little shot going around social media. Or go to the Knights website of the old boys leading uh, the club song in the dressing room that. afterwards. Yeah. And I think a couple of them probably had had a very good afternoon enjoying the win, uh, leading in the singing the song. So they were certainly up and about. And, uh, yeah, it was fantastic. And, you know, if they get through this weekend, then the following week they'll finish uh, uh, fifth or sixth, which will then entitle them to a home semi back at Newcastle. Um, there'll be those tickets will sell in an hour. We'll have a full house. It'll be a lot like yesterday. It'll be outstanding. Yeah, look, I, I think we, we have touched on it, um, our concerns over the media focus on Adam O'Brien. I think this is, for me, I think it's one of the better short-term, as in 10, 12-week coaching performances in the last couple of years. I think it's been outstanding with the amount of pressure that guy was under. Uh, not only the fact that they've chalked up eight in a row, but the way they've played. It's so entertaining. It's so good to watch. And... You know, that's been sort of coupled with the fact that he's number one um, who wanted to play six at the start of the year. That wasn't Adam's uh, call. That was Kalen's call, has been sublime at, at the back. Yep. Like, he's had a run of uh, not being selected in the state of origin then uh, focusing full-time on the Knights' charge into the semis. And Kalen's, uh his form has just been um, second to none. He's pretty much put in a nine out of ten performance every week for... Best part of 12 weeks. 100%. G- 100%. Gee, I, I hope he's all right, Jared. Semi-finals. Like, you don't... The Knights, you know, the Knights would put in a really good performance in the semis without him, but, gee, it'd be good to watch these guys march on with KP in good form. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I think, um, yeah, any week, but certainly finals football, we want to see the best of the best uh, for each of these teams because that then brings us the best of the best product. And... Uh, the Knights with Kalen Ponga in the form that he is, just to watch that 15-minute period yesterday, he was just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. 
made some great decisions with the, with what he wanted, with the lead-up to the ball, then what he did with the ball. Uh, he's absolutely dominant on the left edge. I mean, I think at the moment, 80% of their play goes to the left, uh, clearly to play to his strength. I did think Clune uh, was okay. I, he, he's not at the level that Hastings is. He's, he's a couple of half a second or a second slower yeah. in making his decision in getting the pass or the play or the kick done. I also think um, on the on just on their direction, you can you can yes. tell Hastings seems to be probably two or three plays ahead of him. Yeah, yeah. So there's there is a bit of difference there, but that's okay because you know they've now got the luxury of giving Hastings another week off. He'll be right for uh, the semi final. So no, we want to see him play and. Um, you know, unless there's uh, malice involved in some somebody needing to have to do time on the sideline, yeah, we want to see uh, Mitchell back. We want to see Manu back. We want to see these guys playing in the semi-finals, and uh, we, you know, we're getting the best of what we can get. Jerry, can I just rattle off the the dearth of talent we have in the number one position? Reese Welsh, Nick Meaney, Pappenhausen, Turbo, who's been injured, Latrell, Tedesco, Manu, who plays there sometimes, Hammer. Uh, Dylan Edwards, Scott Drinkwater, Kalen Ponga, uh, Jaden Campbell, and, well, whether it's Kennedy or Connor Tracy or whoever's playing for the Sharks. It's unbelievable the, the, the quality. For, like, any of those guys would not be out of order being in a state of origin side if not your national team. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, it's fantastic for the game. Uh, the way that, that position has developed around skill and speed um, you know, the incision they have on a game, uh, the impact that they can have, you know, whether it's playing to an edge, playing back through the middle, playing in support, returning to football. I think the other clear thing in the last two to three years has been the impact of the wingers. Um, you know, and we, we seem to have gone in different directions. At the moment, it's all about big size and big carry metres. But I think there's also a touch of a lean back to also having speed now. And we're seeing that. Yeah, you just look at Marzu and Dom Young for the night yesterday. Both came up with tries. Marzu, uh, I think he ended up with two. Um, you've got height, you've got speed, and, and they also can carry the football. Again, you look at the two wingers for the Storm, and you know we could go through a number of the other teams. And, you know, what about Walsh? The impact he had for the Broncos yeah. on Saturday night. I thought the Broncos were scrappy, but he was a standout. He, he was a difference in why they got to an 11-point result. And he holds, he and Reynolds hold the key for what they do in the semifinals. How good have the back five, if you throw in Gagai and Best, been for the Knights? Like, yep. they're, 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 you know, those early returns, um, Gagai's just been, he, he's just done a full flip on his early early season form. He's been outstanding. Best, as we've discussed in the last couple of weeks, has grown another leg. And then you throw in those two wingers that you just mentioned, and then you got KP there at the back. Like it's a quality well, back five. And yeah, you know, as we see with guys getting a rep jumper, you know, the time in a rep camp, the belief that they get out of knowing that there are people now who have confidence in them playing Origin level, and that, then growing out of that, as we've seen with Bradman Best, um, I actually had quite a quite a bit of money riding on Marzu scoring a try yesterday. And twice the ball's gone to that left edge. They've opened them up, and Marzu and uh, Bradman Best has gone straight through and scored the try. With Marzu standing there on the outside with nobody around him, <laughs> I'm thinking, 
don't tell me. And then anyway, the big fellas come up with it anyway. But yeah, they're, they're just, and that's where their penetration is. And uh, they've been setting up so well in the middle and then between Hastings and Ponga, reading where and what they wanted to do. They've got the penetration on both sides, but they're good bodies. And, you know, if we draw a line between the difference of what the Knights are doing at the moment and, and the Warriors, the other thing is how they defend on their outside three, and we compare that to the Warriors. And I think that that's where the Warriors have got major problems. Yeah, look, and I don't think the show, I think that result, I don't think the Sharks are gone. I think there's been a real turnaround in um, their attitude, uh, you know, real bounce in their step, the way they're playing in the last three to four weeks. Um, I don't think they're going to be an easy beat in the semi-finals like uh, what we saw last year. Well, very true, and it's going to be very interesting because they've got the last game of the round this week. So, depending on how those results unfold from Thursday into Friday and Saturday, Fitzy then has the issue of um, can they improve their position? They're going to end up in the eight, so they're safe. So, can they end up at uh, fifth or sixth and get a home semi-final for week one? Or if that's beyond reach, does he then rest players and who cares about the result? I mean, he's clearly going to care, but you want to look after your players for week one of the finals. Very interesting watch with each of these games all the way through. Yeah, no, it is. Um, well, you're going to be, uh, I know you're going to be tidying up the uh, the matrix in coming days. We're going to have some good bets on um, uh, Thursday, Captain's Run. Um, and I think, I don't know, Jarrett, I've got this feel that you're going to continue into... Uh, the semi-finals with uh, these multis that are playing out nicely. Lots of research goes into that, listeners. Lots and lots of research. The matrix is, it's, uh, I don't know, what, what's what's the word that's bigger than large? Enormous. Well, I, I think it drives you mad, some of the data I share with you trying to say, I, well, love I think it. this and I think that. And so, uh, yes, you, you're privy to some of the background thinking around where we might play and this is the other news. I don't know at what stage we get Woody back into the podcast and uh, uh, we I can, can wind him, him up here. Well, the other news is that Freddie Fittler's going to get another gig and an extension in the next oh, year. I mean, I Woody that. would be just hopping around the beach about that, wouldn't he? Oh, I, I saw that. I just can't believe they're going to go that way. And what, and they're trotting out that he's got to make changes to his back office staff. Like, fucking hell. Give well, it just adds spice to Origin next year, so... That's the one thing about footy and rugby league. It's a game that just keeps on giving and it's all coming in the coming days again. It's a spice we don't want. Now, um, if you want to come along and listen to um, Greg Bird live at Pizza Pasta, um, there are still not many um, and uh, still a few tickets available. Uh, It is Wednesday week, September the 6th. So Birdie's going to come down and... uh, Help us raise a little bit of money for charity. Uh, got a great story, had a great career, and um, uh, I think it'll be a good night. So uh, if you want to, just send us a message on Instagram and we'll see if there's still tickets available when you hit us up. There's not many left, but um, it'll be good to have a packed house there. Uh, anyway, just, yep, sorry, just on that, Steve, um, Friday week we've got our charity lunch in Sydney, so any of the listeners to the podcast yeah, where, in Sydney, where, where, we only have... Where, where's that at? So that's Friday the 8th of September yep. at the Red Line Hotel okay, so at Roselle. Oh, we're busy that week, Jared. You're raising, we're raising money Absolutely. on the Wednesday the 6th. Okay, so Friday the 8th. Uh, Friday just, the 8th, yep. Red Line Hotel at Roselle. We've got Shane Flanagan as our guest speaker. We've got Lara Pitt, Zach Bailey from Channel 9, uh, a few other uh, rugby league personalities. Shane Flanagan will do an outstanding job. We've only got 20 tickets left, and so that means that we'll probably raise – 
another 25 to 30 grand for an outstanding charity. Anybody in Sydney, we'd love to see you there. Um, just Jared, go to what, social just, media. Just give us a, the background on the charity. So it's Parson on Clothing. For the yeah. last five years, Parson on Clothing worked Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday in the streets of Sydney, Parramatta, Arncliffe and the Central Coast, and they help the homeless. All of those who are unfortunately and misfortunate enough to be in the streets, and it's amazing to hear the stories from Chris and Olga, who started the charity. You know, we, we've got we've got um, you know doctors and accountants and people with you know amazing education backgrounds, as well as those who, who met the misfortune of other other means to end up as homeless. And so they take free clothing packs to them. They provide barbecues and feed them uh, um, once or twice a week. But most notably, they help them with clothing because that's what their their key need is. Um, from undies to socks to uh, a full fit out, they do it three, four times a week. Amazing charity and um, a lot of people in rugby league behind that. That's where I met Chris many, many years ago. He used to work for the NRL. He has a wonderful passion for rugby league and he's had amazing support. So it's a great charity and... Um, great to be involved and we do this lunch every year and we're going to do magic round next year in brisbane so that'll be another event but you know shane flanagan as soon as i spoke to him and said shane would you mind absolutely straight away just said what's the date penciled it in uh, so many people giving up their time that they would normally charge for to want to be there and support this so jared please, are you interviewing in are you in interviewing flano on stage uh, i'll be on i'll be on a panel with uh, oh. flano and lara pitt Okay, so, so can uh, can uh, can I can I give you a list of questions from one of the uh, all-time <laughs> tragic Red V supporters? Well, I'm sure I'll be sitting there with Flano on a table, and we'll have a little off uh, off the record chat about a few things. I, I think you're gonna have, have to dial me in. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no, you got to dial me in. We've got to have a chat. Flano and I've got to have a chat. We're you gonna sort this dragon mess out. You'll have to get me a Red V jumper, and I'll get Flano's autograph on it for you. Okay. Oh, I actually, I will. I've got an indigenous one. I will do that. Yeah, I will send that. Yeah. Send that down. Right. I will. We'll be back. Matrix. Uh, we'll be back. We'll have bets. We'll have everything ready to go on Thursday for the captain's run. Uh, good catching up, Jared. Um, keep those drones uh, to a low. I want to see some of these. Uh, these. I don't want to see what Billy's got. Uh, Billy and Kevy have got ready for the semis. So can you start Listen, sending through the footage? Have you ever seen how many hits are going to hit the NRL website at 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon to see the team updates? Yeah. They'll be, be jumping out of trees. Yeah. Woody might get a start. Righto. We'll catch you Thursday. See you, mate. See you soon. Bye. Gunsmoke here. We only set fire through the microphones. <laughs>